Today's scripture is found in Philemon 1, 17 through 19. It's on page 803 on the, in the Pew Bibles. If then you count me as a partner, receive him as you would me. But if he has wronged you or owes anything, put that on my account. I, Paul, am writing with my own hand. I will repay. Well, it's good to be back in the pulpit. I heard uh, in a phone message on my return last weekend that I had disappeared from mysterious circumstances and that the individual was concerned at my disappearance. I thought I'd take the mystery out of that for you just briefly and say that I really was here most of June. I did take a week and go back to Virginia and several things are emerging from that that will come in future sermons that I think you'll not want to miss. I was here almost none in July and I think that's where the mysterious disappearance comes from. We uh, took a week and went to El Salvador with Hope for Humanity and that was a wonderful experience. Uh, We opened that up to you and unfortunately none of you were able to come. I was, however, able to take uh, my family, which was a blessing. And so we have a group that's been to El Salvador now and a group that's been to Nicaragua now, and we need to all get together and figure out how we're going to continue as individuals and as a church to uh, bless Hope for Humanity and organizations like it that are doing so much good in the world. In short, in El Salvador, we were privileged to look at learning circles and see what people are doing on a volunteer basis to help those who don't know how to read or write or do simple math. So that was a profound experience. If you've ever been to the Canadian Rockies, you know how spectacular they were. And I was fortunate enough to kind of take a week of retreat while my wife went to a continuing ed class in Banff, Canada. This is not far from the famed Lake Louise, and the Canadian Rockies are truly spectacular and for those of you who've been there you know exactly what I'm talking about I think the only uh, set of mountains I've ever seen that I think uh, equal it or perhaps supersede it might be in Wyoming and uh, I'm blanking out on the name of them Tetons that's it the Grand Tetons are just unbelievable I was here July 25th Uh, that was youth Sabbath and I want to thank the youth again for doing such an outstanding job and providing such great inspiration for all of us in the services that they did last weekend I was in Sonora with my parents celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary and not everybody gets to make it to 50 and I'm proud of them I wasn't sure that they were going to make it on more than one occasion They're both alive and well, however, and speaking to one another, so that's a testimony to the grace of God. Um, I tell you, marriage post-fall is a a privilege and a challenge. Uh, I'm I'm here uh, for whatever that's worth, and uh, next week Elder Rother will be with you as I'm with uh, the guys and our Pathfinder Club in Oshkosh. Pray for me as I supervise a dozen kids or so in a campground filled with 30,000 people in one mile square. It may be that I have to check in somewhere when I get back. (laughs) We'll see. So that's what I've done with my summer, and I'd love to hear what you've done with yours, but there's been no mysterious disappearance, and there's really uh, nothing uh, that I'm I'm needing to uh, 
retreat from, per se, in my life. I uh, wanted to just talk a little bit about something by way of introduction that's really big right now. The news is filled with it. It's called Cash for Clunkers. I love this program. Now, the reason I love it is because I actually thought that if I were ever king of the world or president or whatever it was, that this is something I would do. I thought it would be a great way to rid the world of all of the 1971 Ford LTDs out there. You know, those green, green machines with the uh, spewing that toxic exhaust and getting about seven miles per gallon. I just thought, you know, we can do better. If you drive a 1971 Ford LTD, I tell you what, I haven't talked to the board, but we may work out a cash for clunker program for you. I mean, really, it's that bad. So um, I always thought if I could buy all of those, crush them, and turn them into something useful, that would be pretty cool. And the fact that the government is, uh, is doing this as a way of uh, stimulating the industry is of great interest to me. What, what I like most about the concept is Redemption. At its root is redemption. I don't know why I can't tell you exactly what God put into my makeup, but I am a salvation, redemption kind of guy. It's not always good, you guys. Uh, In Hollywood, for example, I bought a house that needed redeeming. Do you know what I'm saying? Now, my wife's... Three favorite words where real estate are concerned is move in condition. I bought a house in Hollywood that was in demolish it now condition. But I had to redeem it. I thought, we'll get into it. We'll live in it. It'll appreciate because real estate's going up. This was 1998. Real estate's going up so fast and we can't afford anything else. It was a clunker. During escrow, there was a fire in the wall around the chimney. Different things separated, stains on the wall. It was pretty ugly. And all of a sudden, my vision of living in this house while doing nothing to it went up in smoke. But we had already gotten out of our lease. We certainly didn't have the money to turn around and make any other kind of deal. And so we went through with it and took her insurance settlement against the damage. I thought, well... If I get the right contractor, I can take the insurance settlement and I can redeem this place. Yeah. I won't bore you with the long and gory details. But my wife deserves sainthood, if not a quiet place by a stream for a couple of years for having put up with what we went through there. It was traumatic. And if any of you have renovated a house, especially a small one, this was 1,300 square feet, we were trying to live in it while renovating it. Huge mistake. But I'm a redemption kind of guy. I couldn't throw away the old hardware. It was original to 1917, so I had to refurbish it. A redemption kind of guy. There was a lot of original detail missing. I had to restore it. I'm a redemption kind of guy. When it burnt, finally, it still looked like a crack house. (laughs) Only we had put a ton of money into it, and the interior was like a jewel box. It was perhaps overdone for the neighborhood. 
And this was maybe God's way of redeeming my stupidity. But I like the idea of cash for clunkers because there's something compelling, isn't there, about taking our junk, taking our garbage, taking what should be demolished or thrown away, what should be buried or trashed, and making it beautiful and making it useful again. And there's, a, there's so many wonderful stories of redemption in scriptures, but I thought I'd draw your attention this morning to one that you've probably heard before, I've probably even alluded to before, maybe even read parts of before, but it's the story of Philemon, and it's a wonderful story because Paul is more over the top in this book than any other I've ever seen. He is just doing a backbend to be gracious, and the way he writes this and the way he appeals is really uh, compelling. And in the end, it's a story about redemption, cash for clunkers. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, to Aphia, our sister, to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank always, my God, as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Now that's the butter up right there. That's before we get to the cooking here. Now we get to the heart of the matter. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I appeal to you on the basis of love. I then as Paul, an old man and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. That one sentence. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. I'm sending him who is my very heart back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I'm not in chains for the gospel. Does that sound like a Jewish mother or what? Guilt, 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 guilt. But I did not want to do anything without your consent so that any favor you do will be spontaneous and not forced. Perhaps the reason he was separated you for, from you for a little while was that you might have him back for good, no longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So, if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me, If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back. Not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. One more thing, prepare a guest room for me. I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. 
Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings, and so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Now, that is classic Pauline arm twisting. We don't even have to do a lot of theological digging here. That is just plain put the arm behind the back and twist. First of all, I could order you. Secondly, you owe me your life. Thirdly, if you've loved me, you're going to love him. And so forth and so on. And Well, you get it. But the very heart of this sermon is those lines, this letter, those lines I paused in. And a couple that follow. The heart of it is that the one who was useless, a runaway slave, somebody who was eligible for gross mistreatment or even capital punishment, was now useful, not just to Paul, but even more useful again to Onesimus, to, to Philemon. Onesimus, this runaway slave who has dishonored his house, dishonored his master, uh, rebelled in ways that were severely punishable, not useful any longer in the sense of being present to the household and contributing and working, is declared more useful than ever because he's been of service to Paul and Paul is now recommending him on back to the home that he ran away from. We have all run away from home. As a human race, we left the house of love many years ago and made a beeline for the house of fear. We left the house of confidence and moved to the house of suspicion. We left the house of grace and moved to the house of dread and punishment. We left the house of love and moved to the dominion of hate. And someone greater than the Apostle Paul calls us back to the house of love, the house of faith, the house of hope, the house of truth, the house of grace, the house of peace. And there we are more useful than ever. More useful than ever. Paul speaks as Christ. If there is a debt to be paid, send the bill to me. If he's wronged you in some way, let me take care of it. As far as we know, Philemon accepted Onesimus back. As far as we know, Paul's letter was successful. As far as we know, there was a reunion and one who had been a slave, maybe mistreated even as a slave, enough to want to run away, was welcomed back as a member of the household. I would like to believe. 
But just as today's cash for clunkers program takes automobiles that are tired, that don't meet current emission standards, that get poor gas mileage, and recycles those cars into something that gets good mileage, that respects the air we breathe a little bit better, that functions in a more useful way in the context in which we now live. Just as that program in today's world is an incident of redemption, so are all of we. God is in the process of restoring. God is in the process of renovating. God is in the process of recycling and renewing. And he's moving us forward. And he's paid the bill and paid the debt and taken us into his household And he said to each of us what Paul said of Onesimus. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now he has become useful to both you and to me. I pray God will continue to make us useful. I pray God will continue to do his work of restoration and renovation in our lives, renewal. I pray that as Christ pleads for us and waits for us, so we will look out for one another and we'll find ways to reflect the gratitude we feel for the gifts that we've been given. It will find ways to be useful to those in around us and useful to our Lord and to our Master. I am so grateful for all of you as Paul was grateful for Onesimus and for Philemon. And I'm grateful that our God calls each of us to the house of love. And so may the God who loves us and redeems us claim us truly as his own because we have chosen. 